Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome to Some Place for Everybody, where we talk about belonging and being a human in our bodies, in living in and learning to love our bodies. I'm your host, Carly Someplace. This podcast is brought to you by Someplace Images, Boudoir for Everybody. You can see the full show notes at someplaceforeverybody.com. Now, let's change some self-perspectives. Hi, y'all. It's Carly Someplace, and I'm so excited to welcome my new friend, who I was recently featured on her podcast, um, my friend Akua. So Akua's podcast is The Tea with Akua. <laughs> Um, and Akua, introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us more about you. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Akua Kanadu. I am a storytelling strategist where I work with entrepreneurs, help them grow their social media through strategic storytelling. I believe that our stories matter and they're powerful. And when they're shared in a strategic way, they can absolutely, of course, grow our business, make money but most importantly, make an impact. So that's, and I also am a new podcast host for my podcast, Here's a Tea with Akua, which Carly, you were just on, which yes. was such a fun <laughs> episode. So I'm so excited such that you invited me. Yeah. And I'm so excited that you invited me to your podcast now. So yay. I know <laughs> it's, it's definitely, it's fun. And we just like, we connected really well. So that's yes. why I was like, uh, please come on my podcast too. I know. <laughs> We just had such great conversation, which was so nice. And like, I just, I, I mean, I love great conversations. So, oh yeah, for sure, it just totally flowed. And again, like, like I gave the shout out to my podcast. Shout out to Haley, man. Because yeah, like, shout out to Haley, Haley, our podcast producer. She produces for both of us, and she's amazing. She's <laughs> she amazing. Connected us, and she was like, "Y'all would like each other." Yep, exactly. So, thank you, Haley. She's right. She's right. Thank you, Haley. <laughs> It's so true. Yes. Um. So I kind of want to talk about um a subject that we didn't actually talk about on your podcast, but we discussed yeah. afterwards about just like culture and bodies. Um, because yeah. you and I obviously both a grew up in very different spaces in the United States, but obviously grew up in very different cultures in the United States as well. And discussing how our bodies play into those cultures and the way that we'll just call it generally our elders of any variety yeah. kind of I don't I guess influence kind of is the right word like influence us or push us towards a specific body type which I think is like a really fascinating 
conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Because I think it was really interesting to hear your perspective growing up and then compared to mine. And obviously me being a black woman and like I'm first generation, my family grew up uh, in Ghana. They moved here to the States. I was born here. So I'm first generation American. And so still being raised with American culture with an American culture, but also to like Ghanaian culture as well. And then black culture. So kind of, yeah. So like just a wide variety of things that I experienced, but it totally, um, the way that I view my body is very different from the way that you view yours. And like, you know, we talked about how, like for me personally, like, well, black culture, number one celebrates, you know, like thicker, thicker body types, like the big butt, like the hourglass figure, Mm-hmm. Big butt, big boobs. Um, that's why, uh, was it Brazilian butt lifts are so popular right now? <laughs> oh my gosh. I like, I just like, uh, I guess like, I, I, I totally don't ever want to like put down anybody's body modification because if it makes them feel so confident, then by all means. And yeah. like, I've totally wrapped my head around that for things like, like boobs and tummy checks and things like that. But like, yeah. I guess because I have such a big butt that my brain is like, why would anybody ever like want <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot it's it's a lot like it's I mean it's been it's one of my biggest struggles that I've ever uh, that I have in my entire life is because yeah finding jeans that fit finding anything that is able to like fit my body and fit my butt because my butt is the biggest part of my body and I'm yeah. totally okay with that now but like 16 year old me was like how do I put these in shorts <laughs> like, <laughs> like I got made fun of in high school and I got like all of this other stuff and cons- and I got tr- in trouble as well because everybody's like your shorts are too short or your skirt is too short and I'm like no my butt is just so big that it takes up all the fabric <laughs> it takes up all the fabric it did <laughs> yeah that's so funny yeah I know it's it's so interesting because like I'm extremely petite and so growing up like it was always like oh like I have the body of a 12 year old boy and not saying that that's what people would say but just when you see when you're right. consuming certain things content oh yeah um you know what I mean just people in general and like my best friend at the time in high school she looks like that like the hourglass figure like that is her natural yep. body and yep. so we were consistently compared to all the time so that's kind of where I started to feel very self-conscious about my body is because I'm like, I don't have curves. I am just very small. I'm a naturally small person. And so, um, and then also to just African culture as well. Like my mom's like, you need to eat, (laughs) like eat, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like you're too small, like eat. And the thing is like, she was very petite at my size, at my age, you know what I mean? At the time, Mm -hmm. because I've seen photos of her when she was young and she was very small as well. Like she's five, two. And so she genetics, genetics. I like looked at her. I'm like, you looked like that. And she's still like a small lady. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's truly just our body type. Like I'm petite, I'm five, four, but like, I just finally, like now that I'm 33, metabolism is starting to slow down. So like, I'm now officially gaining weight where like, I'm actually at weight that I'm happy with. Like during the pandemic, I absolutely put on weight. And it was kind of funny because I know some people are going to be like, what the hell, Akua? But like, I didn't realize that I had gained weight. Like it didn't click to me because none of my jeans was fitting and it still didn't click to me that I had gained weight. I just was like, none of my jeans are fitting. Like what is happening? And then I had a doctor's appointment and they're like, yeah, stand on the scale. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm like 115. She's like, okay, whatever. We'll check. And I was 130. And I just like looked and I was like, what? And I said, nah, let's hop on that again. <laughs> I said, that's not right. I've always been 115. And she's like, no, like it says here that you're 130. And I was like, and I like, I was like, 
I've gained weight. That makes sense why none of my clothes were fitting. Like it totally was like <laughs> an afterthought. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I wear- guess like, uh, and I think that that's just like things, I, I, and I'm sure that people are going to be like, oh, must be nice. Absolutely. But like yeah. at the same time, our bodies change. But here's the thing. So, and here's something that's like co- totally mind blowing to me is the size difference in let's just say a pair of jeans between gaining 15 pounds when you're petite and you're in a smaller body versus gaining 15 pounds when you're in a larger body. I gained quite a bit of weight over the pandemic, which is totally fine. And it's not a big deal. And I've just, Mm -hmm. you know, enjoyed myself and I eat whatever I want and cook at home, which is really nice and Mm -hmm. all of this other stuff. And, but I have changed one jean size for 50 pounds. Really? That's it. My jeans, oh. like that is like my jeans fit in like, but it, it in plus sizes things are so much more like flexible, but they're not at the same time. And it's yeah, like, it absolutely blows my mind that I've only gone up one size for that much of a weight gain. When in a smaller size body, that type of weight gain is going to be drastic. And I think yeah. that that's something that's so severely flawed within our culture, mm-hmm. uh, just of American society. We'll, we'll just say the fashion industry in yeah. general, because it's not just America. <laughs> yeah, Just in the fashion industry in general is that you could gain five pounds and go up a jean size and that feels devastating to many mm. people. Or if you're like me, you can gain 50 pounds and go up one jean size. And that's very different. Like, that's extremely different. And so it's just, like, absolutely mind-blowing to me the, like, flexibility in sizing in bigger plus sizes versus into, like, more, like, I I would say smaller straight sizes. Like, the difference between smaller straight sizes is, like, a half an inch. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, because I'm like during the pandemic, I'm always in sweatpants. Like we all are. So again, it just oh, yeah. didn't click to me. <laughs> so I just kept wearing my sweatpants, like all of my different sweatpants. And I was like, okay, like whatever, like my jeans aren't fitting today. And then I just keep wearing them. So when I finally went to the doctor's office and she said that, I was like, oh shit, like, all right. And so then I started getting comments <laughs> like, you know, cause then I actually had to go get jeans. And so then right. I was wearing clothes and then yeah, like my body was just being celebrated, like because like I'm very petite, but I do have a butt for how small I am, and that's the right. first place where weight went. Gravity, gravity. So I know. So I was very <laughs> like people were also like, oh my gosh, you got like baby making hips, like stuff like that. It's like what like I was starting to be told. This is all just recent, by the way. So, right, right. Yeah, exactly. and I'm like, okay, so like now I, I love my ass. Like I mean, I like the weight that I have gained, but again, it is truly like what we have been exposed to growing up. Like I like now that I'm a little bit thicker, I, right. like that's being celebrated for me. But again, like I struggled a lot when I was just so small and like I didn't have the curves and I was so tiny and I would eat a lot. Like I just had a high metabolism. I was an athlete, a collegiate athlete as well. So like right. I ate, I'm hungry all the time. And so, but I just You're like, I'm burning 13,000 calories a day. It's fine. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, I'm freaking, oh, I just was a monster during that time. That's, I, honestly, I just remember it was when Michael Phelps was in the Olympics. So what, quite a few Olympics ago. And I remember like they did like this thing about talking about like his diet and that he eats like 16,000 calories a day to be able to keep up with like his workout stuff. And I remember my brother seeing a nutritionist when I was in high school and my brother's a skier um, and he was competing. He was competing on a a national level when he was like in his early teens. Yeah. Um, And they were 
this nutritionist, my mom was like, again, my mom was like, he eats so much, but like, I literally can't keep weight on this kid. And my mom was like, maybe he's sick. Maybe he has a tapeworm. Maybe like, maybe like he's just so small and scrawny. <laughs> um, and I mean, also just like boys grow in like a foot at a time. I swear. My brother went from being like short to being six foot two in like five minutes. I'm like, what? <laughs> but so my mom took him to a nutritionist and they were like, okay, well, based on Garrett's activity level, he needs to be eating between six and 9,000 calories a day. And my mom was like, uh, okay. <laughs> like, what do you want me to give this child? Yeah. <laughs> because he was skiing. Like we'd, you know, do the normal things, get up, go to school, whatever. And you still have like gym and um sports and everything like that growing up and then we'd get off school and if it was winter my brother would go skiing directly after that and then go ski for a few hours after yeah school. yeah and then ski all weekend every weekend so mm-hmm. he's just like crazy and what they're doing he's just not like normal skiing he was competing in big air like you're just like throwing your body in the air and the amount of just like energy and muscle control and energy that it takes to do that is crazy it's crazy so yeah i'm sure he like needed to consume so many calories and so yeah like i just i was hungry all like that's my whole family like my brother too he's six one but he was always too very scrawny like literally us growing up like he would eat all the food and i'd just be so mad because you had two and my sister's younger she's like six years younger and eight years younger than my brother and six years younger than me so like she wasn't an athlete at the time so like my brother and I are both athletes and like I like wanted to kill him because I was like you're (laughs) You're eating eating all the the fucking food and I'm (laughs) hungry bitch like that was like totally me like I would just I love it so like we would both like start to be petty like hide my mom be like I'm going to the grocery store and I'm like well get double because he keeps (laughs) eating everything like that was me Oh That's my hilarious. God. Yeah. We, my sister, like, has uh, long story in a lot of ways, but like, my sister moved in and out with us a couple of different times. Um, and when she moved back in when I was like 16, she's a year and a half older than me. So she was like, maybe she was 18. Maybe, yeah, I was like 16 and a half. She was like 18. And she moved back home and she moved back in with us. And my sister was like so conscious of the fact that like my brother and my dad will eat anything and everything in our refrigerator was labeled. <laughs> Like if my sister bought something specifically for herself, like there were just like Sharpie marks that just said Nicole all over everything. <laughs> and she was like, don't eat my stuff. I'm like, and it became like a common theme in our house that like, if you had leftovers, if you had a specific drink, if you had something like that, like that you were, that was yours, like you had to write on it in the refrigerator <laughs> because my brother would come home and just like consume it all. <laughs> consume it. I know. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. Like I said, just how we all just perceive our bodies and like, it's crazy. Just, yeah, because. Well, and I think what's like, what's the craziest to me, and I mean, obviously it makes sense, but it doesn't, is like that that's like the point in our lives when we're kids, when we're like really in that like middle school phase that we're growing into our bodies and our metabolisms are changing. We're going through puberty. We're like, everything is changing so much. And that's like the harshest environment. Four well, bodies and everybody's yes. body is changing every everybody's single day. body is changing and I think it totally like depends on like culture and where you're growing up because like my niece who is biracial and so she lives up in um Duluth Minnesota which is two hours north of the Twin Cities and so she is taller than me she's about five five pushing five six and 
she is very well proportioned like but she got mm-hmm. a butt too like you know but now you can see it a little bit more because she weighs more than me like she's she's not petite but she's also like she just is very well proportioned for her size right. and right. um it's just really interesting because she went to one school that was extremely diverse that you know like where it's a lot of like african-americans latinos like very very diverse and so like her body was more celebrated there like obviously she's still really young but like she just felt more comfortable there is what i mean to say right. well, because compared- you're seeing you're seeing all different body types and you're see i mean like literally when it comes down to like our body types are different and we cherish different things in different cultures because we were raised in different places on the planet yes. and evolution did these things to our bodies for us to survive like yes right <laughs> just, like that's like i look at people sometimes and i'm like how do you not understand that concept that like literally <laughs> but it's easy to forget though right like we get it consumed is, I- I guess I don't know. I I guess I never forget that. Like when I look yeah. at somebody who has darker skin, I'm like, oh, they're from a climate where the sun shines literally 24 freaking hours of day, and it's yeah. hot. Like yeah, for their skin, melanin exists to like keep you safe from the sun. Yes, <laughs> and like yeah, and it's true. And like those like you think of those things, but I do. I personally think it's easy to forget though, because like yeah, it is evolution. Right. It's science why these things are happening to our bodies. Like we evolved right. to survive where we are, which that is such a good way too to think about our bodies that way. Like again, to your point, where you talk about like body neutral, neutrality, neutrality, neutrality. Thank you. you where you talked, it. thank you. Where you talked about that, I'm like, okay, like my body is this way right now because it is helping me survive. It is helping me to live another yeah. day. Like it's such an important thing. And so, even with my niece, like she now goes to a school. Now she switched schools, and so she's at a school that is predominantly white. Mm-hmm. And you know she's biracial, whatever, but she's a little bit more curvier than most of these girls, right. and yep. so she's noticing it now different. But luckily, like she's very like true to who she is, and she likes having a butt. She's like, Auntie, like I don't, oh, yeah. I don't care. Like I like, but again, like I feel like curvier now is more celebrated, and you know what I mean. It like is. it's more accepting, so she's more confident in her body type and who she is, even though she's like aware, like oh, I may not look like everybody else, which is right. Awesome. And I think that there's. I I envy the next generation so yeah. much because they do have these like these influences of like different body types in the media that we just didn't have like we, we did not. like any uh, any kid now is obviously going to like know who Lizzo is and is going to mm-hmm. know who like some of these you know other artists are and just just seeing people even seeing like let's obviously like take Beyonce's body Beyonce's got curves like yeah like, like, number one pop star in the universe like, yeah mm-hmm. and then and you look at that and you compare it to like oh gosh the, okay so the trend that's coming back that I think is terrible is low-rise jeans um <laughs> oh my gosh who the hell like like I can I can get behind Gen Z being like bucket hats are cool and I'm like yes protect your skin from the sun but like <laughs> you do you boo but like low-rise jeans I just don't think because when and I saw this meme about it and I was like that's it low-rise jeans it wasn't that the jeans were fashionable it's that your body was the fashion statement and like Mm. it's like you had to have that like flat stomach pointy hips and like little like slim waist that then went from it to wear low low low-rise jeans and not have them literally just like slide down yeah and be ridiculous and I could never wear low-rise jeans because my butt is so big that there wasn't enough fabric to cover it. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I like I like I said, I have a, a butt for how small I am. So no matter, even if I was tiny, the butt was there. So I couldn't wear right. them either because there were yeah. 
they just they just they don't work they don't they work don't. at all and like, and i see things like this coming back and i'm like why because i'm like we've we've evolved and they're like well high rise jeans are out those are like now mom jeans and i was like i don't care i'll wear my mom jeans all the time then like i love my high waist skinny jeans like i feel yeah. powerful and i but it's just such a commentary that like when i think about even like big pop stars of like our growing up like look at even I don't want to be like Britney Spears, but like Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, like all of these girls who were in the spotlight at that time are just like, they were these like thin twigs wearing these low rise jeans that were like, here is my very sculpted body because obviously they're pop stars. They have personal trainers. They have nutritionists. They have all mm-hmm. this other stuff to be able to create, create their bodies this way and be, and, and on top of that, they're pop stars. So they're dancing like four to five hours a day. Like, yeah, yeah obviously their bodies look like that that's what they're literally doing all the time all the time such an unrealistic expectation and I think that now just the way that a lot of people have grown into their bodies if they're still a pop star and in that type of light and then as well new people emerging it specifically like Lizzo is always my favorite like I wake up to a Lizzo alarm clock every single morning (laughs) I love that I just love her and I think too um, even Lizzo though kind of gets a lot of heat, even also oh, too in the so in much. the black like with black culture as well, because again, like mm-hmm. we celebrate thickness, but yes. to a certain degree. Like like in yeah. the, like it's like there's a difference between being thick and being fat, right? Like that's yeah. what they totally so she and I think she's beautiful and I think she has like I a beautiful shape, right? So I'm just like yeah. Again, it's like when you kind of start to ask yourself, like, when is it enough? When is somebody going to be enough? Because, yes, Beyonce right. has curves. but line? Yeah. Yes. And Beyonce is the ideal. Like, yeah. she is, right? She's still toned in the right places, but she's busty in the right places. So, like, right. she's still considered ideal. So, like, yeah, we celebrate curves, but it's only a specific type of curve. And that's right. what I – that's what's so frustrating because I'm like, Lizzo is no different. And so that's yeah. why I love even today, too, that, like – fitness is being redefined and like influencers too are being redefined of like Mm -hmm. it's truly like what is healthy for your body and like what nourishes your body not I'm gonna punish my body for xyz so I can look a certain way like I love that because then it's helping me accept where I'm at right now currently with my body because like no matter if I was super petite or maybe a little bit bigger like I'll always have certain types of insecurities so it like it just allows me, it gives me the space and the permission to just accept where I'm at now and be okay with that. Yeah. Which I love. It's, it's, uh, and and that has changed so much. And like, and then there's part of me that's like, is it just because I'm in my thirties? And then I watch TikTok and I'm like, no, no, the younger generation gets it. (laughs) Yeah, they do. They do. Like they are a lot more receptive and more open, which is great. And so, um, this is so random, but this just popped in my head before I forgot. Do you remember like, Oh my gosh! Remember, like Hollister and like, Abercrombie and yes. Fish were such a thing, and like Stores they would... that I literally never went into like once because like not not a single thing that they have would would have ever even fit me even in high school. Oh, I couldn't and wear when their I was, jeans like, at my smallest and like anything like that. There, nothing would have ever fit me from any of those places. I think the point that like yeah, because like I thought of that just like how you had to look a certain way, not even just like body type, like even skin tone, like I they wouldn't approach me because I'm dark skinned. You know what I mean? Like it was always like white, 
blonde or light skinned or whatever. And then like, obviously too, you had to be really small, like, and then you just think about it now. And I'm like, that is disgusting. (laughs) Like like us growing up, like during our teens, during that time, like I just remembered like that's everything. And I went to a predominantly white school. So that was what everybody was wearing was Hollister and Abercrombie and Fitch. Like, Oh, you work there. Like that's when like you, people would like, feel like are yeah like I'm the shit and it's like that is just disgusting that like these companies out here like we we ended up placing our values in whether we were hired to work there like stuff like that because I hated it like a lot of my friends would work there and I felt like the ugly friend all the time um, because I never was offered a job or anything like that so like I placed my worth in that too like oh I just think of that and like that's just gross it's so gross it's so like like and I see even that within my own, just like, I don't want to say family. I've discussed a lot about my grandmother here on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll say that my aunt kind of falls prey into a lot of like the things that my grandmother has said to me that I've been like, nope, I don't accept that. Whereas my aunt did. My aunt accepted a lot of what my grandmother was saying to her as just truths of this situation Mm -hmm. because she trusted her mother to some extent. And so like, there's all this. And I look at the influence that it's had over my aunt and the relationship that she has with her body even now in her 60s and I'm like I just wish you could see that you can just be yourself like that she and she still thinks she needs to fit into and my aunt is like blonde hair blue eyes naturally thin naturally tall like all of these things and my grandmother kept being like but you could be better but Mm. you could be better you could be thinner you could be this you could be this and and it's like, and I, so, and my mom tells this story that my mom, my aunt, quote unquote, like ran away to Europe for a few months, which I'm like, good for her. Yeah. Um, but like she, when she was like 18 or 19, um, maybe 20, because I think my mom was already dating my dad. So that sounds about right. So like early twenties, we'll say like went on a trip to Europe, supposed to be for two weeks and then spent like three and a half months there and pretty much just like made a phone call to my grandparents and was like, I'll come home when I come home and like came home. And my mom was like, my mom was like, your aunt was a different person. She was like, she came back. She'd grown out her hair, how she wanted to. She'd had some like whirlwind romance in Italy and like all of this other stuff and had just, she goes, and for the first time didn't have your grandmother breathing down her neck about how her body should appear. And she was like, she came back and she don't, my mom was like, she'd gained weight, not a ton, but enough that my mom was like, Whoa, you look like a real person now. Yeah. (laughs) Who's trying to be this like, again, skinny, blonde, pale skin, everything like this. And it's just like, and that is, it's that I was actually thinking about this before we got on this morning of like, like supermodels that I remember seeing constantly like on TV or being like, oh, that's what you should look like if you're going to be pretty. And the one that my brain goes to, which you might laugh at me, Heidi Klum is like the person in my brain that I'm like, you are the face of like all of these campaigns of my teenage years that I'm like, that's how I'm supposed to look. Mm -hmm. Because she was like, she was a Victoria's Secret angel. Mm -hmm. And and she has legs that are like 85 years long. And like... They really are. Heidi Klum's legs are beautiful. Yeah. Like, but that's the beauty standard I was holding myself to as a short ish 
curvy woman with dark, 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 dark brown hair. Yeah. <laughs> and lots of freckles. Like that is, I don't look anything like Heidi Klum. <laughs> oh my God. I remember we talked about this too. Like, I feel like everybody hated the Victoria's Secret fashion show for many different reasons. Because right. like yes. I, I hated it because yeah, I had a similar body type, but right. um, like I... I had a similar body type, but like, it was like always like, I'd see like people say like, Oh yeah. Like, like specifically like black culture, like be like, well, they look like 12 year old boys. Right. Because again, curviness and thickness is celebrated. And so I was like, "Mm, great. (laughs) You're like, I've just, yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) Cool. But then other people hate it. Right. Because it's like, Hey, I don't look like that. And so I'm just glad that they stopped doing it. (laughs) I'm glad that they stopped doing it. And I'm so glad, like we watched, um, the Savage Fenty, fashion show um, oh, I'm during, sure that was during my brand retreat this yeah. year I watched oh, it with gosh. all of my brand ambassadors and my brand ambassadors are all different sizes all different races like everybody's so incredibly different which is fantastic so to sit down with a group of women who are all different body types and like watch that fashion show and we were all just like screaming at the tv and being like yes and just like and and in the fashion show like you're talking like all different races, all different sizes, all different body disabilities everything. too, like disabilities, everything like that. So many things, and all different genders. Like just yes. to see, like oh my gosh, seeing some of these, like one, like men walk out. I'm like, hello, <laughs> where have you been my whole life? Like I can just watch you walk, boo. Like yes, yes. Uh, I love Rihanna so much for paving the way, honestly, because like now <sighs> that's when like Victoria's Secret started. Then like all yeah. of a sudden trying to be more inclusive and all that stuff yep. but yep. like Rihanna- I think that there was also because this one that she put out which that was in the fall when we watched it that was her third one that she's done mm, so it's been okay. a few years so okay so if 2021 was the third one then what 2018 was the first one mm-hmm. um so if you look at that so then there's like I was a scrolling Facebook this morning and it popped up I see a lot of things like this but somebody had shared Sports Illustrated's 2021 fashion show their swimsuit fashion show oh okay um which was super cool and also super body inclusive. But I wanted to be like, yo, Rihanna paved the way for you because she did it. Everybody lost their damn minds. And and then everybody else was like, oh, maybe we should do that. Maybe we should be inclusive. And the fact what that a it, concept. You know, it's just the fact of like you look at the intentions of these brands. Right. Because, you know, Rihanna, like right. she didn't. I mean, it just it makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, it makes sense, right? Like, why wouldn't you include because it's for everybody. But a lot of these other brands, it's like, they're intentionally exclusive to people. And so now that they see inclusivity is cool. Okay, like, yeah, we'll do it when it's like, it's like inclusivity is more than just a trend. These are human beings, we all have emotions, and we all matter. And so like, we just want to be seen and heard. And so it's yeah, but I'm glad though that like more brands and stuff are being much more like body inclusive. Me too. But- it's such a like it, it, it's funny because you say like the exclusivity. I was I mean, on the business side, obviously we're both small businesses and different things like this. It's such an interesting thing to be pretty exclusive as a small business, but I'm pretty exclusive as my small business in being a luxury. However, the exclusiveness comes down to the fact that I serve all body types, which is the most inclusive thing I can do. And I think that like, because like in my brain, like if I think about exclusive brands, the first thing that comes to mind is not Victoria's Secret. It's like 
Louis Vuitton and like all of these like exclusive super high-end brands but mind you yes some of them make clothes most of them make bags and shoes which fit freaking everybody yeah Mm -hmm. and I'm like let's start with there let's start with where these brands can be luxury and a, a statement in themselves but are technically almost all size inclusive for the fact that they don't make things that are I mean, yes, you obviously get into designer clothes and things like that. And that goes back to that fashion industry and fashion shows and things like that. Yeah. But the the first brands that come to my mind when I think of like exclusivity and that like, I don't even want to be like high roller status, whatever, is bags. It's bags. Purses. Purses mm-hmm. and shoes are yep. like where it's at. <laughs> That's so, so true. So true. And they're, and they're statement pieces and they're, and they're all. It doesn't matter what size you are. You can wear a bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think that it's just, it, yeah. So then to like take that and like you said, Hollister and Abercrombie and Fitch and like, and even Victoria's Secret, those brands. And they're like, oh, let's charge $150 for a pair of jeans that only fit like 8% of the population. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's so interesting. And again, like, I'm just really happy that things are evolving though. We still do have a long yeah. way to go, but things are changing, which is great. And that just makes me more hopeful for like the younger generation. Um, yes. I get, like, I get so much hope from them. I honestly do. And I, yeah. and I hope that things that we're doing are helping with that. Like if I can help that generation who is already like, so they just have such a better grasp on it than I did at that age. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yes, do it. I'm so excited. Even like yeah. my niece is 13 and, and she's like, yep, this is how I want to be. This is how I want to act. And like, this is how I want to, you know, be doing things. And I'm like, God, I wish I was that confident. At that. Oh yeah. I was not like my niece. I is was so, not at all. No, at all. And it's just, it's so frustrating. Like, because uh, I wish I could just like go to my 13 year old self, old self and be like, listen, your butt is a blessing. It's going to get you many a boyfriend and <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get you many a boyfriend. It's going to like, as if you learn how to dress your butt, you'll be fine. I'm and dead. also, <laughs> and also like just do what you're doing because it's fine. Like, I yeah. just, I, I wish I could just like teach kids, like stop paying attention to what other people are doing. Like put your blinders on and just do you because that's the best thing you can. And I think wrapping it back even to, into business, because now as business owners, they're like, be yourself, show your brand, which yeah, absolutely. Like you were saying with storytelling and like our own stories are so important as to who we are as business owners. And it's so hard when we've had to like shove all of that down to like fit in for such a long time. Such a long time. I'm like, come on. <laughs> I know. And I mean, I still think at 33, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out in certain areas yeah. where I'm just like, oh, like things from high school or whatever, where I'm still like, I'm caught up with like my body in a certain way. And I have to remind myself like, okay, you're right. an adult now. <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it just, yeah. So I'm definitely loving my body now and even with the weight that I've gained, like obviously I'm happy about it, (laughs) but just now trying to be a lot, I just am now like, okay, like I gained weight. Great. This is where I want to be. Like, I'm just going to maintain it and do the best that I can. And if I lose weight, like that's okay. Like it doesn't, um, like my value is not my weight, which, yeah. Which is, which is, I mean, that, that small statement is life-changing. <laughs> my value is not in my weight. It's not. 
<laughs> it's not. Like, there are such other better metrics <laughs> yeah. to judge ourselves by. Yeah. Am I kind? Yes or no? Am yeah, I, exactly. Like, am I a good person? Do I have morals? Like, not how much does each one of my butt cheeks weigh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's still, you know, like, especially on Instagram, it's so, I mean, yes, Gen Z, like, they're very, like, you know, they're awesome. They're fearless and all of that stuff, but still like how much stuff, especially like the fashion, like where I shop, like where I like to shop, which I'm trying not to, but like, I can't help it. Cause like fashion Nova and like those types of things. Like, I mean, they have really cute stuff. That's just like, and it's so quick to get, but you see. And and for me on that flip side of it is they're size inclusive. They're size. I can wear, I can wear the cute shit that other girls are wearing because they're size inclusive and they make yes. it in all sizes. And, and they that make it in all like, sizes. That's something that I haven't had in my life. And like my brain is like, this is terrible for the environment. They're not the greatest company. And I'm like, but the, the, I don't want to be like the, like self value, but like the, the idea of putting on something that I saw on an ad and was like, that looks cute. I'll order it and I can order it and I can put it on and it fits my body. That is huge. It is huge. It's huge. huge. It's, it is huge. And like, and that's what I like is that they are size inclusive, but then also too, like you look at their Instagram page and they're still promoting unrealistic beauty oh, standards yeah. because oh, like yeah. if it's not plus size, it is somebody who has a BBL and a boob job. And again, that yeah. hourglass figure, cause that's where a lot of their outfits are meant to like, it's meant for that. Like a lot of their clothes are meant yeah. to fit that body type. Cause I'm, like I said, I'm petite. So there have yep. been times I have ordered from Fashion Nova a small where it's like it's assuming that my hips are very wide. And I'm like, mm. like, it's very clearly meant for that, like, hourglass figure. So yeah. when you see what they promote on Instagram, it's like all the girls have look the same and have the same body type. So sometimes I struggle too with Fashion Nova, but I do like, yes, but I have found a lot of other more inclusive brands on Instagram. I think it's called like Meshki or something like that, which I really like. I haven't heard of that one. But like they absolutely like, and I love like the reels where they like show like what the same uh, outfit will look on a plus size and a size two. Yes. Like I love those. There's a, it's Shopo that I started following and I think that they're out of Australia I'm not sure but it popped up for me as like an ad one day and I was literally like it was like probably somebody who's in like the size two four range and then a girl who was like a 16 18 wearing the exact same outfit photographed in the same photo together and it was like clothes for you and your bestie and I was like oh my god what it like, yeah. like that seeing that ad, I took a screenshot I wrote an entire post about it I was like this makes me have feels this makes me yeah. have so many feels because like this why is all advertising not like this look how cute this outfit is look that it can fit all these body types and we carry other sizes like what a concept yeah exactly <laughs> and that's why I love like and so even yeah I think Meshki does it and like a couple other brands like I love that when they'll show that but they also show people who have like either some type of like skin like there was a woman who had burns on her body yeah. and she yeah. wore their outfit and she was stunning like you know I love that with social media especially too like people are being much more intentional with their marketing but it's interesting when you go to like places like nah, I love me some Target but I don't understand why a lot of these clothing stores still have these very like slim slender mannequins and stuff like yes. that you know what I mean like yes. little things where I'm like okay like certain pieces just still haven't changed yes I think I mean 
it's baby steps to get there and we're definitely yeah. getting baby steps and we're definitely seeing progress. And I'm like, like my brain is like, okay, so by like 2025, can we just be like, cool, let's have multiple mannequin sizes in every single store. Yeah. Like, can we, can we just do that? Like, can we, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like, and, and multiple mannequin sizes in like, yeah, obviously they're mannequins, they're plastic and they have to go into like an actual mold and things like this, but like mannequin sizes where, I would love to see mannequins that when you put the clothes on, the clothes are either being clipped or like something like that. So you can see like, hey, this is unrealistic. This is a piece of plastic and the clothes we're making fit the piece of plastic, not the other way around. Yeah. And like, I just think that because something I wish would come back. I wish tailors were a thing more like I don't want to say custom clothing, but even just being able to like to purchase things that are made to size one of my like very good friends owns a lingerie brand um amber goddess designs and she makes everything fit to size for your actual body measurements so like you Mm. put on a bra from her and it is literally made for your rib cage and your cups like that is for you and that Mm. is like life-changing and you put it on and it feels like there's nothing there because it was made for you and I'm like what a concept versus like I literally put anything else on and I'm like why is this so uncomfortable yeah I stopped wearing bras like early 2020 and like pretty much haven't gone back yet Hell especially yeah. the other day I like wore this top and I was like I was like I think I'm gonna wear this and my boyfriend looked at me and he's like you know you have to wear a bra if you wear that right and I was like yeah and he's like you hate bras and I was like I do and he's like so you're still gonna want to wear it and I was like yeah, it looks cute. And he's like, okay. He's like, so when everybody leaves and you're like, oh my God, get my bra off of me. He's like, I'm going to make fun of you and tell you that you could have just worn something different and not been uncomfortable in a bra. And I was like, I appreciate you so much, but also this looks cute and I will suffer wearing a bra. I will suffer. (laughs) Like we shouldn't have to suffer is the whole point. (laughs) I know. Oh, it's so true. Like, what are you willing to sacrifice? when you feel it, you know, just to be what's considered beautiful. Like, right. Yeah. Comfort is, is the first thing that goes like, shit, I see women wearing heels and like, and I dislocated my knee in 2013. So like Mm -hmm. after that, like I can't wear stilettos period. I, it's just because once you dislocate a limb, your likelihood of doing it again goes up by 50%. Um, and seeing as it was like one of the most painful experiences of my life and I have dislocated my knee to the inside nope to the outside instead of the inside which is what most people do I know it was terrible it was terrible I was not comfortable I was I was working on cruise ships we were in a nightclub in the Bahamas I turned somebody moved a table at the same time that I like turned to like sassily stomp away so I like pivoted all my weight onto that leg and turned as somebody was moving a table out to like like a low table coffee table status to let somebody into a chair and the corner of my corner of the table just like went into my knee and just it was not good um it was not good but I dislocated my like the way I dislocated my knee is pretty much like one in a million as well in knee dislocations so like I'm like cool so I'm like this really small statistic of how I did it and my doctor was like you're probably never going to be able to wear high heels again and I was like you know sure. I'm all right right <laughs> I'm like, all right with that I, I 
have some like little cute chunky block heels, but like I can't wear stilettos anymore. If I put yeah. them on, they're for show. They're definitely for show. Like my podcast <laughs> ever, that is for show. I wore those for eight minutes while I was taking photos and then I took them off. Took them off. <laughs> took oh. them off. But it's like I see people walking in heels and I'm like, oh girl, like aren't your feet uncomfortable? And I understand there are definitely comfortable ones and I everybody's feet are arched different. Like that's the thing. Everybody's so different. Mm-hmm. Everybody's feet are arched differently. That might be the most comfortable shoe on the face of the planet for them and they're just used to it. And I'm like, woof. Woof. <laughs> never. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, I mean, stilettos were invented by men to make women's legs look longer. <laughs> right? <sighs> yes. Exactly. You just think of these things and like everything that like all of these rules and what's considered beautiful and all of these things were made by white men. So then when you finally yes. like realize like everything's white made men up, wearing wigs and heels, might and I heels, add. Right. <laughs> so then like you just start to realize I'm like everything's made up. Everything yeah. is made up. Everything is made up. Everything is made up. I just like so when I was in college, so I also do makeup as well as being a photographer. Um, and I did a ton of makeup in college, which is where I pretty much became a makeup artist for all of these student films. Well, I did, um, it wasn't a student film. It was a theater production that I was part of and everybody was in like full period makeup. So like the white with the like overly blushed and the like beauty, like the big old beauty mark and the wigs the wigs and the white curls and the whole like very early colonial America slash like Englandness. And first of all, my brain is like, how did we keep things like this clean? And the answer is they didn't. <laughs> like, no, they did the not. Hyg- think about the hygiene of wigs in like the 1700s. Oh, Right? Gross. Because well, I wear a lot of wigs and those have right. to be washed regularly. Right. So. Exactly. Oh. And like, and men. <laughs> this is my face. Like, I wish y'all could see it right now because I'm disturbed. Very much. Like, you take it and, like, these are the people who decided upon, like, society's standards. Yeah. These men thought what? that they were the shit. They did. They did. They did. And I'm like, and, like, you know, ankles were improper at that point. So, like. <laughs> I know. It's just- <laughs> You just go back and you think of these things and you're just like, make it make sense. And then how these things have truly right. like stuck through to today. Right. Right. Exactly. And it's like, like, yeah, the powdered faces <laughs> and the wigs are gone, but like, what? Oh, <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, like even just, you know, I read a study, it was a dissertation and she I found it. I don't even know how the hell I found it on Google, but it was a dissertation from a PhD student at Texas A&M or whatever. And mm-hmm. she did a research of how white men view black women, like in regards to dating. And it was really interesting just how like sexualized, like there were so many past studies that were done even during way back in the day with like during slavery, um, right. where it was talked about how like you finally got like got to see how black women's bodies have been, were totally sexualized back then, which oh, yeah. totally makes sense to how black especially black women, how our bodies have been sexualized now, especially even as like teenagers, like it was disgusting. Yeah. And so again, it's just to the point of like, when people are just like, Oh, like, you know, our past doesn't affect our future. It's a flat out lie. Like oh, these yeah. beauty standards 100%. that have been placed what? right from way back then still live hundreds true to this of day. years ago, hundreds of years ago. And, and think like, I love historic fiction. 
yeah. especially like throw a little romance in there like cannot wait for the next season of Bridgerton sign yeah. me up but I like- have never <laughs> seen that show oh never. my gosh okay <laughs> everybody I- talks about it and I just don't think I'm ready it's a Shonda Rhimes show which it I is do a Shonda love- Rhimes show it and is. like and the thing is like and I love Bridgerton because in a modern sense of like, it's obviously colorblind casting. There's like yeah. all of this other stuff that's being done and people are like, this is unrealistic, but like, yes, but like, let's just, let's just enjoy it. that. Exactly. Like, yes, it's unrealistic because history wasn't that way, but like, that doesn't mean that we can't rewrite history in a different way. Yeah. And now it's perfectly acceptable. Mm-hmm. It is perfectly acceptable. And so like, but anyway, so like, but I, and I love I love the whole, I guess, like, part of why I love historic fiction, I love the, like, descriptions of the, like, crazy ball gowns and things like mm-hmm. this. Like, I am such an extra human. I own over 50 ball gowns. Like, it is. I love you for that. <laughs> They're for my studio, but still. Like, literally, my mom was helping me sort out my, like, client closet the other day, and she was like, so where are these six new gowns going? And I was like, oh, they're probably going to go back to your house to the gown rack. And my mom's like, I thought we were moving out here. And I was like maybe eventually but like I don't Not have space today. for all 50 plus gowns right now my mom's like you're a ridiculous child and I was like <laughs> you bought me a rack in your basement for my ball gown collection so I'm just you're using also it ridiculous. yeah right like I'm just using it <laughs> but I I love the like I guess quote unquote fashion of that time period because I think that I mean one these are all beautiful beautiful pieces I think that the craftsmanship that went into them is what I really find absolutely stunning um and they're just such a process and I think that it's such an interesting thing that like uh, it's just it's fascinating to me but then again like okay so like ankles are like taboo oh my god and like (laughs) you know things like this but at the same time they're like let's let's take your titties and put them up next to your chin I know but like heaven forbid we see your ankle oh my goodness um (laughs) make it make sense but but like looking at that like truly the fashion and the like ideals that were created in these royal courts in Europe and nowhere else, nowhere else in the world in Europe are now apparently the world standard. And these were 500 years ago. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Like, but you're so like, it's not even, but it's like, you're right that you, yeah, absolutely. The past affects the future mm-hmm. period. Yeah. So if we can be in a time that is changing, I'm so here for it. Yeah, I'm 110%. so hundred and ten percent. Yeah, hundred and ten percent. It's yeah. I mean, I still like ball gowns, <laughs> and there's no shame in that to enjoy. Them, there's no you know shame in I mean? that. I have yeah. no, I have no shame in my ball gown love game. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't like that. Actually, sounds really dope. Right? Exactly. Like, give me, give me some crazy petticoats. I'm ready. Like, I just, <laughs> just like once. I just want to feel real frilly and and just like queen like. <laughs> yeah. So I'm here for it. Exactly. I'm here for it. So yeah, I don't know. But it does. It absolutely, it absolutely affects everything. I'd be super curious to read that that um dissertation. I need to find it. Yeah. If you can find it, I would love to read it. It was like 40 pages long and I made it like halfway, 20. Like it was so good. I'm actually gonna try to find I should try to find it and I'll send that to you. It was very interesting. I'm I'm here for it. If we if you find it, we'll throw it in the show notes too. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um so let me ask you some of my questions that I ask when I interview. So yeah. the first one being, so 
So, which we've kind of touched on this a bit. So like, what was a really like either a turning point for you or was there like a catalyst of anything where you started to become more, become more comfortable with your own body? Obviously we've talked about like growing up and being in these like yeah. middle school standards, but like where, when did you start to settle into feeling good in your own skin and was there a specific like catalyst or reason for that um I will honestly say probably just like recently maybe the last few years because yeah, like, I think back that's in, yeah honesty is great <laughs> yeah back in 20 everybody's on their own different journey <laughs> everybody is I mean back in 2018 I got super sick so I got ended up with E. coli and yeah and C. diff at the same time so if you don't know what C. diff is it's disgusting and it also runs rampant in hospitals like if you've been on it's really common if people have been in the hospital they've been on like a large amount of antibiotics it like wipes out all of the good and the bad bacteria in your gut so like all of a sudden you can have C. diff which if it's not left treated like you can have some you could potentially die like it's super anyways so I ended up getting both of them at the same time so I had lost probably like 10 pounds within a week. Like I, so it actually took me a while for my body to recover. Like I looked very sickly for at least a year. Um, and and it's crazy. I was sick for that happened in one week. Like when they finally was able to diagnose me and I was on antibiotics to like hurry up and like get rid of everything. But it took me 12 weeks to officially, like, get rid of the seed. If I had to be on antibiotics for 12 weeks because I got it back, I came Ouch. back. So, like, right. again, losing the weight so quick. Like, my body just took such a hit. So I ended up looking very sickly. And then mm-hmm. also because of that, like, I was so afraid to eat certain foods because they were like, you got it from wherever. And then the seed, if they didn't even know where I got it from. Right. So I just was very afraid of also, too, yeah. of, like, not wanting to get sick. So I looked gross. Like, I – just I definitely would get stares at like when I worked at a church and like this woman like looked at me and she like literally came up to me was like you look super unhealthy and I was like thanks lady like I'm literally still recovering right. from being sick so Don't like you love it when people just want to give you their opinions and you're like yeah, <laughs> yeah what I look like right now uh, you know but I think for me like of course I felt self-conscious but then I also was just like it's a really I definitely have empathy for people who have chronic illnesses and definitely like are going through some really severe health issues because it is a really shitty feeling when you feel like your body is failing you. (laughs) Um, Like an awful, that whole time was like that realization for me, like, holy shit, like my body's not doing what I want it to do. And at that point, you don't even really give a shit what your body looks like. You just want to be healthy. You know what I mean? Like whatever that looks like for me. You just want to feel better. You just want to feel better. So like, I think for me, like that was the turning point of finally just like accepting my body of where I am. And I was like, I just want to be healthy. So even like during the pandemic, when I gained the weight, like and it took me a long time to get back to 115 and I didn't look unhealthy. Right. I did, my mom's like, you just look like yourself. And I'm like, that's all I need to fucking hear. Like right. that was yeah. music to my ears. So I was like, I just am back to where I was pre sick E. coli and C. diff. Yeah. And then when I gained weight from the pandemic and I just like was like, okay, like my body has changed, but I am okay because I'm still healthy. Like I yeah. am healthy. <laughs> so exactly. that, yeah, I would say probably like just recently, cause again, like you get older, like, right. Like I said, I'm a former collegiate athlete and all of these things. And you know, like 
you just you just always assume that your body is still going to be what it is and there's a big difference and I'm still young y'all so I don't think that I'm old I don't but there is a big difference between you know 17 and 18 your body then and then now at 33 and so which I am now which I've been learning right these past few years so I think for me that was just a turning point of like I just want my body to be healthy like I just like I'm okay right now if it doesn't look what everybody thinks it needs to look like. I just want it to be healthy. Yeah. So yeah. That's huge. Huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and then, and so this kind of plays into that. So I'm curious. So are there any like influences? Because this is obviously if you're having this turning point after having had a really serious illness, um, it's obviously a lot of self-reflection that comes in with that. Because, so I ask people if you have any like books or media or people or anybody who's like, inspired you to have more confidence within your own body and different things like that and I think that but it's also such a personal thing and it doesn't there's not always an answer to that like it's not like it's not like you read one sentence one day and you're like yep this is it I'm comfortable with myself now and I I really do actually think that sickness is a lot of that I was super sick in college I have ulcerative colitis and during my Mm. diagnosis period it was really hard it, it took them the whole other thing on the medical system. It took them five years to diagnose me. And that's painful. Um, I know people that have had that. It's terrible. Um, and it is technically, it's technically a chronic illness. I will never yep. not have it. Um, mm-hmm. But I know how to manage it, which is a completely different thing. And so, um, but going through that process and, and I lost a lot of weight really, really quickly, like almost up to 40 pounds in a month. And that's wow. like, yeah, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was in college. So I was 19 and young and all of this other stuff. And, and everybody was like, you look amazing. You look amazing. You look amazing. And I was like, I feel terrible. I cannot keep food in my body. I'm bleeding in a lot of places. Like, this is just really uncomfortable. I'm in pain all the time. I'm upset all the time. I can't think straight. But, like, apparently my body looks great, so I should be celebrating it. And I was like, like, I don't want to celebrate. I don't want to celebrate my body. My body... My body at that moment was absolutely failing me and giving me no other options than to rest, which is a very important thing to learn. But at the same time, like I was like, something is wrong. And just because my body looks good doesn't mean that it's right. Yes. And I think that and that was a huge catalyst for me, honestly. And that that came from no outside influence whatsoever. That just came from myself of being like, this isn't right. People telling me that I look good or whatever because I'm sick. And I look back, there's very few photos of me at that time. And when I look at some, there's this one photo of me in this art space and we're painting these huge canvases and the photo was taken from behind and you can see like all of the knobs on my spine Mm. and I was like and it's not even that I was I don't want to say skeletal because as some people get sick and their body just loses weight but like for me that's not something that has ever been visible on my body and I was Mm. like oh god like I looked at that photo and I was like I look sick that is like to me that is like when you're in a space when your body shows off so much bone it's like Mm -hmm. it needs more in some way or another and and that to me was like absolutely life-changing to see that photo of me taken from behind where I was like oh I look unwell how are people telling me that I look good Mm -hmm. yeah and it was the fact that you had to see it to like no like for me this isn't it like again like outside of that approval of other people I'm like oh you look great but it's like no like you know yourself well enough and you know like you know, what your body needs. And so, and I think that's such an important point too, of just like, you know yourself of what your body needs and how you want to look. So like, 
that's what matters, not what other people are saying. Because again, like you Absolutely. weren't healthy at that time. No, not healthy in the slightest. And that was like, and that was a huge thing. So I didn't really have any outside influence, I guess, when I started like making those changes for myself and changing my self perspective for my own body and becoming more comfortable in my own body. Because I was mm. like, this isn't it. This isn't acceptable. And so like when I get back to feeling good and healthy, I'm going to cherish my body so much more because of that. And yeah. so I think, I, and if I really say that, like I was my own biggest influence in that point because I was like, this isn't acceptable and this isn't what I want. Yeah. And I think, I think uh, for me, it was honestly just like my friends and my family. Like, you know, I think yeah. when you are in such a vulnerable space, it's really important. And this is just in life in general, when, especially if you're in a season of like, you're in that messy middle, you're in a season of growth or whatever, you have to be super intentional with who you spend your time with. And yeah. so for me during that time, like I just spent a lot of like I just got support from the people who know me and love me and know me beyond my body that yes. would, would speak truth over me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's where it was like, okay, like my bot, like I don't look that bad today. Like, you know what I mean? It was yeah. just more of that accepting of it because like they know me and I'm like, okay, like I'm still a kind person. I'm still X, Y, Z, like these things that truly matter yeah. of who I yep. am. And so yep. just having those people just always consistently seeing me and speaking truth over me, was yep. so important because yeah it was like not a fun feeling at all um going through that yeah. so I would have to definitely say like my friends and my family yeah and then my last question which I'm curious because we've actually talked a lot about our younger selves in general yeah which would be what advice would you have for your younger self concerning concerning your body and concerning anything and I always preface this with like younger self could literally be two years ago or younger self could be like middle school yeah <laughs> Um, I think even just, oh, so I think like even middle school and high school, just your body is beautiful. And you know what I mean? Like you are uniquely built, like you are unique. And so yes. utilizing just like your personality, everything, like who you are as a person, use, utilizing that to the fullest, make, making that work for you. Um, and yes. not doing what other people expect you to. So I think just like loving my body and the journey that I was on and even just me a few years ago, I think again, just reminding myself that like I have been given this gift of my body and it is a gift and I'm thankful for it. And I'm thankful that it's gotten me through the challenges that I've gone through. So yeah, I think that's what I would say. If that makes sense. Like you. Body neutrality. That's what you're speaking. Yes. <laughs> I love that term now, though I still can't say it correctly, but I love that term. Neutrality is a really weird Neutrality. Really, but the thing is, like, when I hear you say it, I'm like, oh, yeah, neutrality. But guess what? Five minutes later, after this conversation, I'm like, how the fuck did she say that? Like, <laughs> I feel like neutrality. Okay, got it. Because you're saying it right now, so it's easy for me to remember. Like, oh, yeah, neutrality. But it is, it is that, that, like you know, your body is, is doing what it needs to do. And your body is, you know, it's supporting you through these challenges and it's, it's existing. And then, and then it's okay. And I should love it because it is uniquely built and uniquely made and it is just mine. And that, yeah. that becomes body positivity after yes. neutrality. So those yes. are important, important distinctions and steps. <laughs> yes. Which I love when you bring that up because it is so true. 
so true. It's very true. Yeah. Uh, Akua, this has been amazing. I literally so love good. talking to you. <laughs> I know. This has been fun. This has been great. I've enjoyed this, this conversation. Really yes. Me too. Thank you so much yeah. for coming on. Um, and tell us where listeners can find you as well. Yeah. So you can find me on the gram at Akua Kanadu underscore or on my website, www.akuakanadu.com. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. And does your podcast have its own Instagram? Oh my gosh, I forgot regular? about my dang podcast. Girl. Listen, <laughs> I'm cracking up. Shout out to you for reminding me. Yes. And I'm also the host of Here's a Tea with Akua, which is a storytelling podcast. So we talk about all various hot topics. Um, and so, yeah, it doesn't have an Instagram page, but definitely, again, um, connect with me on Instagram um, yes. and definitely check out the podcast. Here's the Tea with Akua. Yay. Perfect. Akua, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Someplace for Everybody. If you loved this episode, would you mind leaving me a review in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the show? If you're looking for a community to love on you and support you in your self-love journey, come join our all-gender Facebook group, Someplace for Everybody, which can be found in the show notes at someplaceforeverybody.com. Until we meet again, be kind to yourself. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.